And welcome to the Steve and Lisa Show. I'm Steve. And I'm Lisa. All right, all right, all right. Enough of that music. We got some good music coming on today, right? We do, we do. That's, that, that's canned music. There's no no soul and art to that. Just some good old hard fashion rock beats there. We got uh, some real artists on today. Mm-hmm. Who do we got on? Help, help me out. Uh, he, the group is called, or the website is sfmero.com. Say that again. S, F is in Frank, M-E-R-L-O.com. Did you like, want- San, like San Fran Merlo, right? sfmerlo.com? That's correct. All right, so we got a song. What's the song we're going to be hearing today, later today? Uh, can I play it, or you want to? Well, let's hear it now. Why not uh, start with that? Let's, let's hear... Uh... Who's playing? And uh, give me a little intro here. Hang on, I gotta get all get set up here. It's yeah. called "Play This." Play this. On the radio, nice man, nice jam right there. It's got a nice, nice little uh, beat to it. Yeah, that's really nice, and uh, that's on now. He's got a. Uh, let's look this up real quick. He's got a web page, and uh, that's SF Merlo. Uh, he's got a website sfmerlo.com where you can hear the song, and uh, I would recommend you go there. A <laughs> really cool looking uh, uh, album cover here, DJ Noise. S.F. Merlo, Sleeping with the Fishes. Check it out there. Uh, and he's got links uh, to his YouTube page. We played that off of YouTube. So. Yeah, if you go to the YouTube page, uh, S.F. Merlo, Blowtorch Inferno, you can subscribe. And he's got a bunch of other songs you can listen. This is not a, a one-hit wonder or one-trick pony. Uh, he's got lots of different songs you can listen to. But the one he's the one he's really uh, going for, and uh, looks like he had uh, L.A. Reid on there. Looks like oh. a, is that L.A. Reid? Yeah, it looks like L.A. Reid in the video. Uh, oh no, it's a L.A. Reid lookalike. <laughs> Must be his buddy or something. But uh, yeah, let's hear that. Let's uh, let's hear that one more time. I mean, that that was a that was a pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, you can also go to um, hulkshare.com forward slash 9JC0I93A9H3. 
L8 to download the song. Where's that again? Say that again. That's a lot. That's a lot of <laughs> lot of stuff there. It's HulkShare.com forward slash nine J C zero I nine three A nine H L eight. Wow. To download the song, but you can download it on his uh, website SFMerlo.com. Yeah, what I'd do is I'd go to YouTube.com and search for uh, SF Merlo, and that's how you're going to access the channel, and I think that's what you're looking for. And if you go there, you can see the first song he's got there uh, is SF Merlo, Play This, and uh, you know that's, that's the one you want to click on, and that will give you access to the song. Uh, once again... SF Merlo. jumping up and down to that, you might want to go to set an appointment with your doctor today and see if everything's all right, man. That's that's rocking right there. Mm-hmm. It's getting that, that. I like music like that that gets me pumped up, you know, ready to do something, ready to take things on. And that's, uh, you know, shout out. That's awesome. SF Merlo, play this. Again, find it on YouTube. Cool song. Get yourself pumped up. Get yourself going. And, uh, hey, we're helping them out. We played it on the radio. Play this on the, the radio. radio. Play, Play this, this on, on the, the radio. radio. That's right. <laughs> hey, shout out on the Steve and Lisa show. Excellent song. Keep up the good work. And uh, we'll play it again a little bit later in the in the show for those. We'll play and, this on a radio. We'll play this on the radio. <laughs> yeah, nice. I love it, man. Keep it up the good work. People check that out. <laughs> all right, all right. So what else we got cooking here today in the, in the cook factor? What well, do we got? First of all, I just have to say, I think that, you know, social media, it's just brilliant. I mean, you know. Well, we thank Al Gore for that. Uh, I thought he invented the Internet. That's what I mean. Well, he invented social media. He, because he invented the Internet, he also invented social media. And that's right, because he, uh, right, he won a Pulitzer Prize. Yeah, he won all sorts of prizes. He and Obama are in the same, wearing the same shoes. I don't know if they're wearing the same hey, shoes. Hey, hey, I see you're drinking your V8. Yeah. <clears throat> Again, I'm a convert from um, super hot, high-energy drinks to spicy hot V8. And actually, very good, very good. Yeah, it's really, it's a good it's a good drink. Very good. All organic. Mm-hmm. No? Uh, I wouldn't say it's all organic. I, I'm sure there's probably some uh, schmuck in there, but, you know, hmm. it tastes good. And then, and, and if you get, you know, just add a little vodka, if it's, you know, later on during the day or weekend, it makes it even more tasty. Yeah, so social media is awesome, and um, especially now for artists, just like SF Merlo, um, there's a, um, a you know I you know I'm not a I'm not an artist myself, although I'm a 
part-time guitar player. Uh, and mighty good, I might say. Oh, you know what? I will let you play one of your songs uh, on the radio. How's oh, that? maybe I will. Maybe I will. Um, you know, you have to brace yourself. It's not not perfect or anything. But um, but anyway, um, you know. So there's so there's things now where you know you know want to talk about this real quick. There's you know with social media the opportunities to become an artist and boost yourself and get known and get recognized today. I mean, you're talking about everybody has an opportunity in the past you know like kind of like being an author right the same thing for for musicians and authors mm-hmm. you know in the past you had to write a book submit it to a, a publishing company publishing company had to review it uh, and decide if they wanted to, if it was worthy of you know if it was talking about the things they wanted to talk about or if it met their agenda or if it was worthy of being published same thing with music you know, you had to get an agent or you had to find a way to, to get through to somebody that could listen. You know, people used to send demo tapes to the uh, to the uh, the big record companies and whatnot. And you had to hope that somebody found heard something in your music and was willing to play it. Nowadays, with social media, you, you know, you put your stuff together, you start a YouTube channel. There's a website called Reverb Nation. If you're an artist and you're not on Reverb Nation... You know, pinch yourself, shake yourself. Uh, there's, uh, I'm told by other people who are artists that you need to be on Reverb Nation. So check that out if you're trying to. You're sitting at home saying, "Well, you know, I'm I'm good, but you know, I didn't have a chance to go on the X Factor because it was in Chicago, you know, and I'm down and I'm down in Louisiana. I couldn't get up there. Okay, that's great. I understand. It, it takes time and money to go do that, but start yourself. Shoot a YouTube video. This is how things get started. Shoot a YouTube video. Just like SF Merlo did with Play Me on this song, shoot a video, start a YouTube page. There's no cost to start a YouTube page. Get on Reverb Nation. I think there's a, a small fee from what I understand, but, but I'm not sure. Check out Reverb Nation. Get on there. Start putting your music, music together. If you have a friend with a video camera, put a little video to it. Walk down the street. Walk down the middle of the street or on the sidewalk or something. Have somebody follow you with a camera mouth the words as you go down and bingo now you got it now you got a music video you've got a youtube site it may not be perfect and professional but you give somebody an idea of what you're able to do and now you have a chance to get found and then with twitter and facebook and all these other things now you have a chance to spread the music that you're creating and let other people be the judge instead of that one person at the publishing house or at the record label that's going to say you know, yeah, I like it, or no, I don't like it. That's not, you know, how many success stories do you know where one person said, I've, I've knocked on a million doors, I've been rejected a hundred times, okay? So that happens, but, you know, if you believe in yourself, you put yourself out there, you shoot your video, you get it going, you spread it on social media, you keep plugging every day, and that's the new game. That's the new social media game. Well, it is, and it's just it just it it opens up so many more opportunities for people to to be found or to like you said write a book or as a matter of fact at, at about 15 minutes we're going to have a guest on Neil Wooten and he wrote a book. Um, we're going to you know kind of ask him about the book itself and apparently um, Huffington Post uh, three three days or so ago recommended his book as one of the top seven. Uh, books for Occupy Wall Street protesters. To oh, read. I love it! I love yeah, it. so uh, we're excited to have him on. Um, I think he's going to be on about 10:30. So, but yeah, but talking about social media, I mean, I just I think it's great. It's like, you know, I can go to Facebook in the morning, get up. You know, I'm reading about uh, Mitt Romney says that President Obama was recently asked how he would grade his job 
leading this country. He gave himself an incomplete because he says that his job's not done yet. Well, that, that, yeah, well, hey, you know, I, that's true. He, his job isn't done yet, and uh, you don't judge a, you don't judge a, a baseball or football team, basketball team, by the first half. And you can comment on it. But wait, let's wait until, until the game's over. I actually agree with that. Hmm, interesting. But I actually just, agree with that. I, I just love that that you choose to, to you choose to have whatever you know news news fed to you, and it's all one page. You don't have to be flipping, going to grab a newspaper, going to this website, that website. It's all right there in your fingertips. You look at it. You you see what's going on. We we read this morning that um, uh, let's see here that uh, Qaddafi. Apparently is dead. He apparently died. They, they, they're trying. They're, they've confirmed that he is dead, but I think it's kind of like this back and forth thing. There is a. We'll what, read this. Watch this graphic uh, video later. We'll yeah. Off the show. Yes, there's a graphic. You know what though? I can't get this song off my mind. Do you mind if I play it one more Go time? For it. This is on my mind. Come in, 
bring their money because the stupid the stupid bailout bailed the banks out, and so the market the the housing market's in the in the shitter. I don't know. We're trying to find a way to to uh, protect the equity that people do have. I mean, that's frightening. I mean, it, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I want to say it's frightening. I mean, it, it's you know, we're we're a melting pot here, regardless of any way you look at it. So bringing more people in or incentivizing people to come in to help patch up our economy, I mean, it's not such a bad thing if you're a homeowner that has equity and trying to protect it, watching it go down the drain. Do you really care? No, you just want somebody in here to, to you, you want to save whatever you have left in the house. I mean, if we continue down this path, which pretty much everybody's predicting that it's getting worse, yeah. Um, you know, silently we're all watching the TV and having fun, eating popcorn, going to the movies and all this stuff. But the people that talk about our economy, whether it's just, you know, trying to conjure up fear or whatnot, but people are, you, you heard it on the debates, people are talking, things are going to get worse, they're going to get worse. Um, you know, some of that's, you know, political grandstanding or whatever, but, you know, it's if if it's a fix to, to say, Hey, here's a way that maybe we can keep the economy stable, or you know, keep the, the ship from sinking. Mm-hmm. You don't blame people for trying, do you? I I know, but like, for, okay, so and the ironically, the two senators. One is Charles Schumer, which is a Democratic New York senator, and then there's Mike Lee, which is the Utah Republic Senate senator. What it says is that foreigners have accounted for growing shares of home purchases in South Florida, Southern California, and Arizona. Um, so Chinese and Canadian buyers, among others, are taking advantage not only to a big decline in U.S. home prices, but to reduce the competition from Americans. I, I just think that, so you're saying, here, I'm going to let you come in and, and, and buy a house here. But so what happens is, I mean, is it going to be, you know, Arizona and California are going to be, you know, now taken over by the Chinese and the Canadians? I, I don't know. Like I said, I mean, you can look, you can look at it a, a couple different ways. You know that, that that you can say, well, what's going on? It's an invasion, or you can say, hey, this is a great strategy to try to fix a problem that doesn't appear to be going away. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I get I get your point, but you know, somebody's got to do something here. Or the, if the ship truly is sinking, mm-hmm. we can't just sit around and do nothing and and hope that the next election fixes anything because we all know. <laughs> the next election isn't going to fix anything. Right. The ship is going to continue down its course. This is a big, gigantic ship that that moves very, very slowly, mm-hmm. and things are not going to be fixed overnight. So, uh, you know, hey, I applaud anybody that's bringing something to the table right. that may make a difference, that may make some sense around here to plug up these holes and prevent this ship from sinking. Isn't that what we all want? It, it is, yes. Um I yeah. mean, McCain, he's trying 999. It may not be the perfect plan. And McCain, too. Well, I'm sorry. Cain, Herman Cain, he's got 999, okay? I'd like to see more details on it, but you know what? As they all said, he's talking about doing something that may fix this mm-hmm. ship and may stop it from sinking. And you know what? That's what we need. I, I don't care what it is. You can call it change. You can call it this, that, the other. You call it whatever you want. Mm-hmm. But at least it's an idea. That's what we need right now is ideas that may promote something that's helpful here. Well, and, and the, what the uh, Schumer quote is, this is a way to create more demand without costing the federal government a nickel. Right. So, you know, I, I, I like it. It's somebody that's trying to, I don't care what side of the fence, the political fence, uh, even if it's in the middle, in the middle, uh, you know, the libertarians and independents, I don't care where the ideas come from, mm-hmm. but we need ideas. We, we don't need to sit around and go the same old course that's taking us apparently headed toward an iceberg. Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, let's come up with some ideas here and figure things out because 
you know, to basically watch everything go down in the tank, and you know, five years from now, there's a, there's a handful of wealthy people that are running the world, and a whole bunch of poor people looking for any type of, of work that that's out there. That's not a acceptable solution. I mean, this is what Occupy Wall Street's all about, and I think your your guest is going to talk about this. There's a lot of people that are just tired of this system that appears to be go you know the the tiny one per half of as as we talked about on an earlier show the top you know one percent of the top one percent you know these people are running the world and the rest of us really are the ninety nine point five percent that you know we have the power but unless we unite and organize and speak up and get get some ideas in there and start creating some ruckus. Mm-hmm. It appears that, that that this is going to continue down this course. If you're playing Monopoly and you got all the money, yeah, what do you do? Do you start handing away all your money? No, no. they don't. So anyway, yeah. So you can read that in the, today's Wall Street Journal. It's the, the article about what you know they're they're going to allow foreigners to come in and and um, basically come in and buy houses. Well, like I said, I, I wouldn't focus on the foreigner. Anybody, I mean, it's an idea. And, you know, we're a melting pot here. It doesn't matter who's coming in for what purpose. If it makes sense, it makes sense. If it doesn't make sense, it doesn't make sense. Right now, our problems are economic and financial. Whatever helps that, I'm willing to take a look at it. You're listening to the Steve and Lisa Show. If you have something on your mind, don't be shy. Call in and say your piece. Lines are open now at 877-774-3195. Once again, call us now at 877 877- Seven seven four three one nine five. And now back to the Steve and Lisa show. Wow, we have our own little commercial. Awesome. So what else you got? Well, um, I wanted to talk about immigration. Okay. And uh, I know that's not your topic, but hey, I, 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 my mind's open to any topics. Well, what do you got? There's a. I get an email from a gentleman. That he he just has some great emails. I think they're they're. I guess what you would say they're mostly political or no. Yeah. I'm asking you. Oh yeah, I don't I don't know what individual you're referring to, but yes, okay, so yes, there's uh, emails. So what 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 do you have? Well, it basically it just was comparing a, a, a person that pays taxes, what have you, and a person that does not pay taxes. And they kind of went down the, the path. They, they both one made twenty five dollars per hour. One makes fifteen, you know, cash under the table. Wait, wait, wait. You're talking about this Joe Legal versus Jose Illegal? Yes. Okay. So right. So you got an email that talks about the the, the tax implications, the financial implications of a legal immigrant immigrant versus an illegal immigrant. Correct. And that's what you want to talk about? Well, I just want to go to. I mean, it's just it's as I read down this whole thing, it shows like. People that pay taxes, I mean, they, it's like they, they, there's like not even a benefit for them. I mean, I, I, I get why there's so many people wanting to live in America. I mean, you, 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 you get paid, you get a job, you don't get taxed, your kids get free lunches, you get free medical, you get food stamps, and so your your thirty five thousand dollars a year that you make is money that you get to enjoy, keep. The person that pays taxes. His thirty-five thousand ends up being like minimal after he pays his his rent and his insurance and his his car insurance and everything else, and he's got to work a second job to try and put his kids through school and pay for his kids' lunches. That's that's the the problem. 
Hey, I agree. Look, I mean, we have laws, and it would be nice if the laws applied to everybody, and if the laws were actually enforced, you know, the world would be a, a more fair place. We know the world's not a fair place. Mm-hmm. We know the world's never going to be a fair place. Mm-hmm. So, again, this is a problem that we have to deal with, and apparently we've run it around <laughs> all the circles on whether it's a Democratic debates or Republican debates, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. This is a problem that apparently cannot be solved and apparently will not be solved, and I think that we are going to continue to be talking about this 20 years from now Saying how do we solve the problem? How do we solve the problem? I mean, the meta, the uh, healthcare for everybody issue, that went on for for years. It's still going on. Uh, the plan that was passed, they want to repeal. Some issues are just are lifetime issues that are never going to go away. This is one of them, and I think healthcare for everybody is one of them. You know, we can try to solve it. We can come up with theories and ideas. And like I said, hey, I'll listen to any idea that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, we have such a divided population on these issues. I just don't think anything can be accomplished. I don't think anything will be accomplished. Uh, Obama's in Arizona trying to stop uh, the the enforcement of the Arizona law. I mean, other states are trying to come up their own versions of the law, and the attack is really on the people trying to fix the problem rather than the problem itself. So what do you, I mean, what do you do? I mean, this is why I don't like this issue, is because I just don't think it's ever going to be resolved. Uh, you know, every time somebody has a, a proposal, 10 people hate the proposal. It, we're so divided in, in a whirlwind on this issue. Um, but that's, you know, my two cents on it. Oh, I know. It's it's just, I don't know. I, in, in, I don't know. It just, it, it bothers me that, you know, we work hard and, and, you know, we pay our taxes and we have to do it or else, you know, they, they take, they'll, they'll take your money away. And yet, we're, Arizona's getting criticized for trying to stop Illegals coming into to the state, and you know even to the to the capacity of a government suing suing Arizona for that. Yeah, you know. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And, and the email that you're referring to, I read it too, and it, it, it's good. It talks about really the realities of the uh, the family that legally immigrates versus the family that sneaks in and, and mm-hmm. sneaks the services, doesn't contribute to the tax base at all, as we saw on the Republican debates the other night. Forty-seven percent of Americans don't make enough money, um, you know, to pay taxes. So you have this fr- this total freeloader system. What do you think is going to happen? I mean, that's why you know if you if you're considering running for an office, if you call yourself a Democrat, you're going to have a, a, a huge voter base right off the bat by saying beat up the rich and make them pay for anything. You got you got forty-seven percent of the vote right there. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's part of how this system works. But the email was great. It talked about, you know, you have families that come here and legally immigrate, do the, do the right steps, pay the money, do the fees, sit, you know, do do the, uh, I think there's a hearing that they have to sit in and, and swearing and everything. And there's people that, you know, get jobs and pay taxes and support families and great people. And then there's people that sneak in of all, all different, you know, races, creeds, religions, whatever, coming in and basically freeloading on the system. That freeloading is taking a toll. So in that the email talked about um how much you know this person pays. If you'd like to read the email, uh be my guest. It's a it's a little bit uh more on the lengthy side. Well but I, I but I do think it's interesting. I mean I'll 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 try and uh, swing through it as fast as I can. But basically it's Joe versus Jose. No, it's Joe legal versus okay. Jose illegal. Right. So, so Joe legal 
$25 per hour, 40 hours a week, makes $1,000 a week. He makes $52,000 per year. Now take 30% away for state state and federal taxes. Now he, now, so, uh, so takes him down to 31000 to 3031 Joe E. Legal, Jose E. Legal, he makes $15 an hour at 40 hours a week. His take home is 600 per week. So basically, he's making 31200 So basically, they're making the same amount of money after Joe Legal's taxes get taken out. So they're both at 31000 So Joe Legal pays his medical and dental insurance with limited coverage for his family at 600 per month or 7200 per year. Joe Legal now, I'm sorry, Joe Legal now has $24,000 of expended, expended uh, income. Jose Legal has full medical and dental coverage through the state and local clinic, clinics and emergency hospitals at a cost, so he doesn't pay anything, so he still has his $31,000 a year. Joe Legal makes too much money and is not eligible for food stamps or welfare. However, Jose Illegal has no documented income and is eligible for food stamps. I mean, what? So he has no documented income, so therefore he gets food stamps, and, on, and he's considered uh, WIC and welfare. So Jose Legal still has his $31,000. So Joe Legal pays rent of $1,200 per month or $14,000 per year, and so now his, he has $9,600 of money to spend after he's paid all his, his stuff. Jose Legal receives $500 per month federal rent sub, 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 sub I can't even speak today. Um, so Jose Illegal pays out the 500 per month or 6,000 per year. He still has his $31,000 a year income because because we're all paying for his stuff. So Joe Legal pays $200 per month or $2,400 for car insurance. Some of that is uninsured motorist insurance. So now he has a measly $7,200 a year to spend. Uh, uh, for whatever, what have you, whatever he wants. Yet Jose Legal, basically, he says, I don't need no sticking insurance. So he still has his $31,000 to do whatever he wants with because, once again, our tax money is paying for all his medical, his housing, his food, his everything. So now Joe Legal has to, has to make his $7,200 stretch to pay utilities, gasoline, any type of fund for the whole entire year. Jose Legal, on the other hand, makes still makes his $31,000 stretched to pay utilities, gasoline, and whatever he wants to spend, whatever he wants to do. Uh, Mr. Joe Legal now works overtime on Saturdays to get a part-time job after work so that he can support his family and he actually have, have some fun. So, I mean, long story short, now this is this was the, the one that was interesting to me is that Joe Legal and Jose Legal's children both attend the same elementary school, but Joe Legal pays for his children's lunches while Jose Legal's children get a government-sponsored lunch. Jose Legal's children have an after-school program where Joe Legal's children have to go home to be by themselves because both mom and dad work. And to top it off, when they reach college age, Joe Legal's kids may not get into a state school and may not qualify for scholarships, grants, or other tuition help, which is going to be another topic I'm going to talk about, student loans, even though Joe has been paying for state schools tax through his taxes 
while Jose Illegal's kids go to the head of the class because they are a minority. So basically, what this says is, I'm going to be a minority. I'm going to go somewhere and be a minority because I'm going to get everything paid for and all the money that I make is going to be mine and you guys can all pay for my lunches and my food and my gas and my insurance and everything. Oh, what's wrong with that picture? <laughs> well, I think the freeloader system is, is always the wrong system, but that's great. What's your plan to fix it? My, I don't have a game plan to fix it, but what I'm trying to say is you know, everybody's down on Arizona for, you know, cracking down on keeping people out that don't belong. But the reality is is that we have to do this because because our, our I mean, Social Security is, is, is gone. I mean, we'll never have any Social Security, yet we still pay into it. For the product, as long as we live, we will never get Social Security, yet we still have to pay into it. Right. Anyway, well, I, I hear you. It's a it's a tough issue, and uh, you know they like I said they've been they battle around this uh, all the time, and uh, it seems like we never come up with any solutions mm -hmm. that don't involve words like racism and uh, isolationism and you know all this stuff. So uh, it just never seems to go anywhere. It seems like some unfortunate evil that we have to deal with, and there's um, you know I wish there was a solution uh, most other countries protect their borders i mean i can't just go in anywhere else they uh, will give you a hassle it's very difficult to come and leave a lot of other countries but here in america it's a little bit easier than other places so you know the the, the solutions of uh, putting up a fence that electrifies people i mean every time somebody tries a, a proposal it gets shot down by somebody it seems there's no winning the powers that be, the political forces that are at work, say that this is a problem that shouldn't be fixed because it's some, you know, illegals, illegals, everybody, there's, they're contributing to fixing things and building up our country, so it's, it's a necessary evil. So that's where it seems to be where things stand. And for voters, you know, they, um, you know it's a good voting base for uh, one party and not so good for the other, so there's this tension that's always ongoing. Uh, anyway, let's move on from that topic. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, I think a lot of people are aware of the issues, and you know we're just trying to ex expose a few of these. Um, why don't you introduce our next guest, Lisa? I think he's on the air here, hopefully. Neil, you out there? I'm here. All Hi, right. Neil. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Good. Doing well, doing well. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I want Jose's life. Uh, you're on which one? <laughs> he wants Jose's life. I hey, I know. You. I know. Hey, it's a it is a cushy life for sure. <laughs> so, so tell us about your book. Uh, Returnity is a uh, first. You know, the title is a play on words between return and eternity. It's a it's a sci-fi uh, time travel twist from a Christian perspective. In other words, uh, most time travel stories when you travel into the future the future is either you know post-apocalyptic or very advanced society uh, and this book uh, does neither of those it takes the biblical prophecies into account so basically they travel forward in time past judgment day so that's the premise of the book Awesome. So I would I would ask you more, but uh, we probably don't want to give the book away. We want to want to make sure people go out there and get it, right? Sure, sure. Don't want to give the book. Don't want to give the ending away. The ending. If you read the reviews, uh, we've had awesome reviews from Kirkus and Heartland Reviews and uh, the Book Nook Club and uh, and a ton of uh, 
the reader reviews, and and pretty much they're consistent. And the the ending kind of uh, catches everyone off guard. So yeah, just uh, uh, but but basically it's about a young man who's the son of a preacher who graduates college. He can cite the Bible chapter and verse, and his parents are worried about college, you know, being the liberal environment and what kind of effects it'll have on his, uh, you know, Christian values. And and he he does get involved in the science experiments, which you know that kind of worries them. But the the professor hosts weekly Bible studies, so there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, Bible references in the book building up to what happens, and uh, which uh, even people who there's some reviews on Amazon where you know uh, people are not uh, into the biblical parts, but the story is, you know, I've still gotten five star reviews because the story has been strong enough to, uh, you know, even if the even if the there's like maybe five chapters that deal with Bible study classes and, uh, but that that hasn't, you know, really affected people that really didn't wasn't into that part of it. So it's the story seems to be, uh, you know, appealing enough to everyone. So. Yeah, I see this. Uh, I'm actually at uh, Amazon.com. I see your book, Returnity, uh, and I see you do. You have uh, of all your reviews, you, you all of them are five-star reviews, and you only have one four-star and, and nothing below that, so you, you're getting great reviews on it. Uh, so Returnity sounds like a real good book to get your hands on. Uh, now, have you always uh, been a writer? How did you get into this? Is this your first book? You know, it is my first book. I'm a... Uh... I'm an editor of a publishing company, but and, and rarely have the time to write myself. And uh, that book, uh, really, uh, the sci-fi part of the time travel was something I had thought about years ago. Uh, but I'm not really a sci-fi writer, so I never did anything with it. And then uh, just one morning, I woke up, and this whole story basically was in my head. I don't know if I was dreaming it, but to do it from you know, the time travel from the Christian perspective. And I'm from Alabama. I live in Milwaukee, but I, I grew up in Alabama, so, uh, you know, certainly the Bible Belt and all my friends are, are uh, you know, very uh, religious people. I, I'm not overly religious, mind you, but uh, I certainly uh, know the Bible well enough to, uh, to to converse with my friends who are very, you know, into the church. And so it, the, the book has actually done better in Alabama than anywhere. I think we've you know, uh, it's only been out about four months. We uh, uh done about 1,500 copies in Alabama alone, I think. And uh, for an indie title, that's, uh, you know, we're not complaining. We've uh, we've done okay. And, and, and just uh, a few days ago, let's see, the 17th, so, yeah, three days ago, I didn't even know about this until someone pointed it out. There's an article on the Huffington Post, and it's titled, Seven Great Indie Books to Read Whilst You Occupy Wall Street. And, and basically, uh, I didn't realize that these people who have been going through these, uh, certainly I'm sure it's a very tedious, time-consuming thing to uh, to be a protester. Uh, I haven't joined in on the, the movement, actually, but they, uh, they've been sharing books and asking for donations, you know, to pass the time. And this uh, article in the Huffington Post said, well, here's seven great indie books, and, and Returnity was one of the seven mentioned, so I was... Uh, that was kind of uh, fun. I actually sent them four cases uh, a couple of days ago, so maybe that'll help them, uh, you know, uh, spend the time there. So. That's yeah. awesome. Now, so Neil, can you? Um, I know you can buy it on Amazon. Where else can you purchase your book? Uh, I think we have stores probably in all fifty 
uh, well, not 50, 48 states, 57, according to Obama. We have 57 states that they're available. <laughs> uh, but they, they, uh, they're ava- you can go into any store and order it. It's available through every warehouse. Any, any warehouse that a store pulls from, you can get it. So any store can order it, and you won't have to pay the shipping. And, of course, it is available online at Amazon and Barnes & Noble and booksamillion.com, which is a, a southeastern uh chain and uh, probably several other places online, but probably the easiest way is just to go into a bookstore and, and ask for it. If they don't have it, then they can they can get it for you. Well, I see I see on your website, uh, returnitybook.com, I see that you even have it on Kindle, which is great, which is cool. The what now? Uh, you, you can purchase your book for the Kindle. Oh, yeah, it's available on Kindle. I'm sorry, correct. It's available on Kindle and Nook. It's available in ebook. Uh, you can get it on Sony Reader. It, it, it's available everywhere. Yes, that, that's a very good point. You know, <laughs> every now and author would bring that up. Yeah. And and I will say I'm that I'm still you, thinking about Jose. <laughs> if you want, I can send you. You know, the before email. he goes to every ball game, everybody stands up and says, "Jose, can you see?" Oh, it's an old joke. I'm sorry. Well, at least you're not talking about Joe the plumber still. <laughs> yeah, Joe the plumber still. Yeah, yeah. We can never <laughs> stop talking about Joe. Yeah. I, I heard Joe the plumber was actually running for an office. Oh, Did you hear about that? I, yeah. uh, I, I think I heard something about that, but I haven't heard anything lately. Uh, <laughs> hey, Neil, let me ask you. Uh, you know, a lot of people out there always wonder, you know, th- obviously being an author is like the dream job everybody talks about. You know, I'd love to be a, a writer. How hard it is, is it to actually write a book? Is it? You know, I, I'll tell you probably the number one problem that people have is writing is not hard. You know, to to sit and write. You know, the the thing is, uh, I mean, it, it's it's not not hard, but the the thing is, you got to realize that uh, you know, publishers and agents, they people think they confuse storytelling and writing. You know, there's right. some great storytellers, but it, it, there's a difference in storytelling and writing. You know, people there's when you write a book, there's uh, being an editor, we get you know submissions all the time, and then the number one thing that you notice is that. Uh, People tend not to even stick with the same, you know, the the same uh, perspective of person. You know, they it begins in first person. It may change to third person. Uh, they don't think about how important the the syntax is of, of how you lay out the things. You know, it's you know to to tell something that's interesting is one thing, and if you're speaking it, it probably doesn't matter how you do it. But but when it comes to writing, I, I would recommend going to as many writing classes as you can. And, and you'd be surprised at what you didn't realize, you know. And even me, I mean, I, I've been, to, you know, I've tried to take as many writing classes as I can. And then when I read a book like um, *To Kill a Mockingbird*, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's what writing is. You yeah. know, I, even even now, I couldn't put together a book like that. I mean, every single line and chapter is, and, and paragraph and chapter is just is is art. You know, it's just right. Yeah. So, uh, so the the thing is, you know. Write quickly, you know, and then spend months and months and months editing, you know. And and don't do that on your own. Writers are not editors. I mean, edit it to try to get it to to read as interesting as you can. And here's where people skimp on on uh, that particular part. They don't tend to spend enough time editing. I mean, you need to you need to spend 20 times you know 
more hours editing than you ever did writing, and then send it to professionals and pay them. You know, people want to make, they want to be the next Dan Brown, they want to be the next J.K. Rollins, and they want to make millions of dollars on their book, but they're not willing to spend six hundred dollars to have a professional look at it. So that's a great point. That, that's the that that would be my tip to people. That is a great point. Well, it's it, it's you know, Steve being a lawyer, same kind of thing. He has people come to him, and he's thinking, why didn't you come to me? Before you botched your problem, I mean, you could have spent, right. you know, two hundred and fifty dollars an hour of my time. Instead, now it's going to cost you three thousand. Yeah, it's just crazy. Exactly. Neil, how long did it take you to write the book? Well, you know, this is going to be very weird. It, it, twenty-three days. Really? I, I couldn't stop writing. Twenty-three days. I, I, but really, I woke up with this story in my head, and I would I, I work long hours. But as soon as I get off work, I would still just type out two or three chapters, and I just I couldn't stop. And then when I finished it, I spent eight months editing. Now, wow. Uh, and, that's, that's, and then I'll tell you the 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 coolest thing I did because the book intertwines science, science fiction, and Christianity. The coolest thing I did is I. I sent it to as many people as I could before I ever went to press. You know, I, I sent them the PDF file on the computer, and one of those people was my uh, my math teacher in high school. I went to a little small school in Sylvania, and I was on the math team under this great math teacher who put together a math team at this small, small school, and we did great. And then she showed it to her husband, who was my science teacher. And oddly enough, he was probably the first person I ever met that had – you know, he had a very strong grasp of science, obviously, but he had mm-hmm. a very strong grasp of his own faith when he came to Christianity, and they, there wasn't a conflict with him between wow. science and, you know, Christianity. So uh, she showed it to him, and he just loved it, and he, he wrote, and then it dawned on him, I said, hey, do you mind writing the forward? And if you go to the website, you can read the forward that he he wrote for the book, which was just phenomenal. Okay. Um, and 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 I think you know the forward. I think a lot of people skip over in books, but his forward is you know getting him to get right the forward has has, has been a great plus too. Um, but anyway, yeah. Well, that's. I'm sorry. That's a bell <laughs> going off here. <laughs> and so uh, it sounds like the book uh, is a product of divine inspiration. It sounds like yeah, that's uh, possible. Yeah. Uh, it got inside you and motivated you to write this book, Returnity. I think it's something that people should see. Uh, it sounds like uh, this is inspired uh, divine in- intervention here. Well, uh, and I, I'm not. I'm not sure, but I won't. I wouldn't rule it out. Let's say that. Yeah. Oh. Well, let me let me let let people know again. You can go to Amazon and purchase it. That's probably the easiest. But if you also go to Neil's website, which is returnitybook.com. There is a list of uh, where you can pur- purchase it in your state, but again, you know, most looks like all the online stores that you normally purchase your books at um, carry it as well. So, hey Neil, do you know anything about since this is not my forte, um, this whole concept of becoming an e-author, writing e-books, being self-published, um, websites that you know, if somebody's sitting at home saying, you know. I have a great idea, and I, but I, you know, I'm, you know, I don't know where to begin, and yeah, you know, here, I, here's what I, yeah, when I read, what I would tell authors for eBooks is, uh, don't, don't bother looking for any, uh, don't, don't bother looking for any publisher. The uh, eBooks, especially through Kindle and Nook, are free to set up, and all you have to do is follow their instructions. So if you have a book that you believe is ready, 
and it's in Word format, which I'm sure you used a Word program, you know, obviously to type it up, you know, and, and it's edited and you've got it 100% ready to go. Just publish it yourself with the ebook. It's completely free, and you make all the money from it. You know, there's that one author, and I'm sorry I didn't think we would talk. I don't know his name, but he just he's the first author to sell a million books on ebook. And and what's Pretty. happened is Simon and Schuster or Hachette Publishing, somebody has has purchased the rights to put his books now in paper format, and he's allowed them to do that, which is great because it's going to make him. Even more millions, of course, but he will not let them have the rights to the ebooks. He's going to continue those on his own. He's done about five series of of uh, the same kind of thrillers, and he's just got an audience, and he's just done great with it. So yeah, put your follow the instructions on uh, uh, Kindle. You're going to have to create a cover, you know. But you you know if you can't do that, get get an artist to do it for you, or somebody you know that is an artist and. Uh, Put you know put all your books on Kindle. It don't cost you a thing, and uh, and you make 100% of the the profits. There's don't get me wrong. There's a ton of companies out there that actually do what you're saying. They say, hey, we'll do these e-books for you, but you, you don't need to pay somebody to do that. It's uh it's very simple. Uh, do it yourself and make all the money from it. So and that's awesome, man. That's great insight, and I really appreciate that. So what that really means is you know th- this is another whole class of people that have no excuse for not having jobs or not being able to uh, create income. Opportunities in this day and age, like we were talking at the beginning of the show, artists and, and writers, I mean, you have opportunities now that you probably didn't have, you know, 15, 20 years ago. Um, so, you know, I love hearing this stuff, and, and I love, it, it just tells me that, you know, if, if you have a dream, you have ideas, you can put it together. The outlets are there now. They're in place now. You don't need huge startup funds. Uh, I love hearing this stuff. It's great. Changing people's mindsets is hard, though. People without a job think they need that company out there to hire them, I mean, and those companies aren't there. The companies aren't able to do that right now. It's just, uh, you know, the the thing about what's going on with our economy now, it's like, and this is my opinion, you know, money in our economy is like blood in our body. There's only so much of it, but if it's not circulating, it's not doing any good. And that's kind of what we go through with these situations. So people have that mindset that they got to have that company. You're right. They're not thinking, you know, people, very few percentage of, of, of the population are people who think like like what you just said. Hey, there's other avenues I can, I can do. You know, I can write a book. You know, I'm not doing anything else right now, for goodness sake. Let's write a book and get it out there and promote it to thousands of people on Facebook and, and see what we can, what we can do. But people... You know, it's just it's hard to get away from that conventional thinking of I need somebody else to pay me. You know, and that's uh, but but yeah, if more people would do that, I think it I think it might be a big help. I mean, the money has to start circulating this company. It's like the stimulus plan that Obama came up with had the right idea, put people to work. It's just you can't borrow eight hundred billions of dollars when you're already eight hundred billion in debt. You know, that's just not the right way to do it. But putting people to work is still the key. And it's finding yep. a way to do that. And I'll tell you now, if you want something to talk about, uh, there's not a direct link to it, but on that website, returnitybook.com, just type in jobs, I think is what it is, uh, jobs at the end of the uh, thing. And it's a plan I came up with that I believe will actually work and not cost the government or taxpayers anything that would 
put people back to work. Now, I send this to everyone, all politicians, and and everyone ignores it, of course. But uh, yeah, if you just type in jobs, this is a real job stimulus plan that costs nothing, and it's just a way to put people back to work that using resources that we're paying out right now. But, you know, check it over. It might be a good laugh if nothing else, but uh, I, I believe it would work better than the current stimulus plan and not cost the government or taxpayers a, a single penny. So, I see it here, yeah. I'm at returnitybook.com slash jobs. What you need is a uh, Twitter and a Facebook link so we can just blast so people can just blast us up on our tweeters and Facebook nice and easy. I don't know if you can put one of those in there, but yeah, we've got to look at that. I'll post it on my uh, Steve and Lisa show Twitter, so we'll get that out there for you. But um, yeah, pretty cool. And uh, you know, like I said, uh, what you know, kind of what I'm what I've been talking about is this whole concept. All these politicians are getting up there saying, you know, I'm job creator, job creator. Sometimes I think we have to look at ourselves. And say, be your own job creator. Create your own job. Right, that's true. Yeah. Stop sitting around waiting for someone else to create something for you. Get up, get off your butt, open your mind, be creative, think about some things, read up, see what's out there, and create your own job. There's opportunities that abound. All you got to do is look for them and go for one. Right. That's true. There's always opportunity. And, and the thing is, though, that you bring up a good point about the job creators. It's like, you know, suddenly we don't have rich people in the country anymore. We have job creators. But the the very <laughs> fact that money is not circulating is the fact yeah. that rich people or corporations even, they set on their money in times of economic uh, downturn, and, and they have to because it's too risky putting it out there. You know, when the economy is in full swing, it's safe putting your money out there. It's going to come back larger, but it, it's risky now doing it. So – in a sense, when the economy gets this way, rich people are not job creators. They're, you know, they're the exact opposite of job creators. You know, so we need real job creation ideas. We can't expect, you know, uh, you know, people with money to be the job creators. You know, everybody has to do it. Like you say, find a way to be a job creator. You know, and that's because it, it, that's all it's going to come down to. And, and the thing is, the longer it goes, the more money we spend out on unemployment. You know, and the more used to people get used to thinking no jobs are out there, it just becomes a horrible cycle. And, uh, I agree. But you're I right. Agree. People can turn it around. You can find ways, you know, to make money. And when you're making money, you, you have to spend it. You know, you can't, unfortunately, hang on to the money you make. You have to spend it on your bills or something, and, and it's just more circulation and more circulation. If everybody in the country thought that way and, and, and just figured out a way to do something, then, you know, once the money starts circulating again, you know, and it, and it, and it picks up, then – rich people start spending again too you know and, yeah. and, and then it becomes a chain reaction the other way and that's that's what we had to find is the catalyst to do that you know but but we've we've evolved in such a finger pointing society that uh it, you know we just want to blame everybody you yeah. know and uh and don't get me wrong everybody is to blame but still that doesn't fix the problem it never has in, in life never has that fixed the problem so yeah, and it seems like a, lo a lot of times, uh, believe me, as a lawyer, the last person we ever blame is ourselves. I mean, trust well, me. Exactly. So, you know, it sounds uh, what you're saying is it sounds like our economy has a blood clot. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly right. So we're at risk of having a stroke or whatever else happens. And, and we're all standing right there around in it, making it worse. Yeah, exactly. What's, yeah. Your, what's your take, Neil, before I let you go? I know you're busy uh, on this uh, Occupy Wall Street movement. Do you have a take on it? Well, I it's like somebody you know here's the thing I I support people for what they do as long as it's legal. And and one thing that's always been legal in this country is to gather and you know support whatever cause you want. The Tea Party, you know, is legal. I didn't agree with all of their things that they did, but 
back up their right to do it 100%. Uh, the, the Occupy Wall Street, I, I think it's, uh, you know, they're, they, the thing is people keep saying they don't even have a list of demands. And I said, well, it's not a hostage situation. You know, they don't need – they're just trying to get the point across that we need to do something. You know, they don't have a definitive goal or demand because there's not a definitive problem or answer. You know, so uh, I think they're just trying to say that, hey, you know, we – we we hired you people. You work for us. The government works for us. So, you know, do the job that the majority of the people who voted for you wanted you to do and, and stop catering to the minority who financed you. You know, I think it's, you know, uh, uh, Obama has just fell right in line behind George W. Bush as far as I'm concerned with looking after, you know, the people that put him in office. And, you know, the, our two-party system, that's the way it's always going to be. I don't care – who gets elected, if you're part of that two-party system, you're going to owe somebody when you get elected, and it's not going to be the people who check the box for you. You owe somebody. So That's right. I, I, I support them for what they do. I don't know if um, what they're doing is effective, but I support them in, in what they're doing at least. So. Yeah, well well said. I think that's, those are some solid points. Uh, Neil, thank you for coming on the show today. Uh, your book, ReternityBook.com, you can read about it on Huffington Post. You can find it on Amazon.com. Uh, the book is Returnity, and it sounds like it's a product of divine inspiration or at least uh, something that took over you, and so it sounds like it's going to make good reading. You've got very high ratings from the people that have rated it on Amazon Books, so it sounds like it's in line to uh, really uh, make some waves here. Thanks a lot, Steve, Lisa, for having me on, and uh, it's good talking to you. I didn't mean to keep you guys so long, but we – Oh, Get into no. politics. What can you do? So. Well, I know, and you know, like I said, you when somebody has obviously uh, like yourself as well as well thought things through, and you know, it's nice to hear your point of view. Let's get it out there, and you know, let people decide, uh, you know, what we have to say here. So put it to the test. Thank you, Neil. All right, thanks, thank guys. Have Bye. a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you. Uh, you too. Bye. All right. So th- that was cool. What a great conversation. Yeah. Uh, the book is Returnity, and I think we need to get a copy for ourselves. It looks like there's some good pricing on Amazon. Uh, why not pick up a copy? I'm going to post his um, his uh, his uh, stimulus plan that costs nothing. I'm going to post that onto uh, my Twitter feed for the Steve and Lisa show. So we're going to get that out there. And, um, again, circulating ideas I think is just as important as circulating money. And uh, I think we we got some great, unbelievable insight there from somebody that's in the business that says, look, you can write a book, make sure it's professionally edited, Um, don't don't skimp on costs just because you you know you don't have. Find a way, raise the money, mow some lawns, do what you have to do, and find a way to to write a book. What's stopping you? Everybody's got a story to tell. Um, Some may be more interesting than others. Some you may have to start creating some fiction. Um, into your into your book, uh, but whatever. I mean, you really don't have an excuse to say there's nothing out here for me. I'm bummed, depressed. I just want you know money thrown my way. I don't want to do anything. But yet you watch the shows and you you wish you had this or you wish you had that. You know, stand up, take a stand, figure out what you're good at, figure out what your skills are, and go out there and try to make a difference. I mean, the opportunities abound. Thank you, social media. Thank you, Al Gore. You're listening to the Steve and Lisa Show. If you have something on your mind, don't be shy. Call in and say your piece. Lines are open now at 877-774-3195. 
Once again, call us now at 877-774-3195. And now, back to the Steve and Lisa Show. So, where where do we go from here? Uh, that was a great segment. That was really good. But, you know, talking, I mean, kind of in line with what you were just talking about, about, you know, come, you know, people need jobs. People are looking for jobs. They can't find jobs. I mean, J.K. Rowling is your perfect example. She was literally homeless on food stamps when she started re- writing the Harry Potter book. Is that right? And she is, I mean, she's on the top Forbes most, most wealthiest. She's, her net worth is, Seven hundred ninety-eight million dollars. Wow. I mean, and she was she didn't have a job. She had children. She, she was, makes more than you. Just a little bit, not not <laughs> mu- not much. But I mean, you know, back to you know, there are things that people can do with social media now. Yeah. So yeah, those are uh, two great uh, concepts that I think um, were you know kind of nice that they lined up today. We have a a, a rap artist, hip hop mm-hmm. artist. That is promoting the Play Me song, and um, if you if you missed the first part of the show, we played the song Play Me, and like I said, uh, I think you find it to be a nice groove. If you're just waking up now, a little late to the Steve and Lisa show, let's give you a recap. <laughs> I love Very it. Cool. I like that. You know song. what's cool is I love the bullhorn. I mean, that's just great. And uh, <laughs> no, most people don't think of the bullhorn as a musical instrument. But uh, the yeah. only other song I remember doing it was uh, uh, "Thumb in My Way to Vegas," oh, where, yeah. where he pulls out the uh, SF Merlot. Probably knows this. Maybe you do or don't. But uh, the song uh, "Leaving" or was it uh, "Thumb in My Way to Vegas"? The guy in pulled out. Pulled out, yeah, in in excess, and he pulled out the uh, bullhorn, which is great, man. I love it. Kudos to you. Again, that's SF Merlot singing Play This, and check him out on YouTube. I tell you, he's got a lot of other songs here. We're going to have to scroll through these and listen to a few, but good beat, real nice, and uh, man, real nice. Well, and going back to this, I'm I'm still stuck on this whole J.K. Rowling situation okay. because Glenn O'Neill, that was just on our show, basically said his book came to him in the middle of the night or a dream or something. And what's interesting, I've not watched any really any of the Harry Potters. I know people that are Harry Potter fans, you know, are striking me down in in their eyes and they're in their um, really. I, just because people that are Harry Potter fans, they just don't even understand how. You you what? You have not seen any of the Harry Potters? I I've tried to watch a couple and I just couldn't get into it. But what's interesting? I watched one of them. I thought it was it was pretty cool movie making. I mean, uh, I thought it was pretty cool actually. Well, I'm not saying I didn't think it's cool. I just have not been able to get into it. There is such a a following of of people that are into the Harry Potter movies. I'm not one that I've not been able to get myself into it. But what's well, that's because you do a talk show with a Hogwarts. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm sorry, I had to throw that out there. So I guess what there's nine, seven or nine of her, nine books that she wrote. What's interesting, and this goes back with Neil and his, you know, waking up in the middle of the night or in the morning with this with this concept. She says the fantasy, the idea for which was conceived on a train trip from Ma- Manchester to London. So oh. from her from her trip in 1990. Doesn't give time frames, but this is where she came up with this story. I mean, and when you have a series of seven, eight, nine books, I mean, that's that's a that's a big fantasy in your head. Well, and that yeah, like that, that's awesome. I mean, yeah. and, it, and it just shows you that inspiration can come anytime, anywhere, mm-hmm. and you need to sort of be open to that because you know if you if if it was a fleeting thought that she would have just let pass by the wayside, right? Uh, when you know was going, I don't know where she was going, but you know. Talk about a missed opportunity. I mean, that's better than the lottery right there. So Right, right. Portions of the show are sponsored by the law offices of Steve Bondren. If you're starting a business, selling a business, need a social media lawyer, or have other business or real estate legal matters, you can find us on the web at attorneysteve.net. That's www.attorneysteve.net. Portions of the show are sponsored by the law offices God, yeah. self self promoting. Yeah. What's up with that? I got it. I got it. <laughs> so, anyway. Well, hey. let, me, let me just talking about you know not giving up and and there's 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 tons of stuff that you can do if you if you're looking for something, you know. And here's what's interesting: she submitted her her first Harry Potter book, her manuscript to fifteen publishers, and they all reject re, uh, rejected her her manuscript. Yeah. I mean, it's a common story, by the way. I mean, yeah. that is that is. That that is such a common story for artists and and sports uh, stars. Everything. I mean, rejection is part of life. You're gonna get it. Mm-hmm. You got to find a way to get over it, under it, through it, whatever you have to do. But it, that then that comes with believing in yourself yeah. that you can do it, and your ideas are good, and having faith in what you're doing. So that's so she awesome. tried for a year to get this to get this uh, picked up, and nobody would pick it up. And she finally found some small publishing house in London that decided finally to pick up the book. I mean, I talk about these other 15... Uh, yeah, I wonder, I wonder when that was. Was that well 1990, before? 1990. So that was, you know, I'm going back, that was kind of before the whole Internet. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes you wonder uh, how much the publisher made, and um, could she have done this on, on her own? Who knows? Absolutely, she could have. Been, so, but, real interesting. Mm-hmm. So, what do you have on the uh, your, your tab today? What's... Um, I have a absolute blank slate because I saw your list that you had a bunch of things, and so I was going to just kind of go with where you're going today and talking to some of our guests, and um, that's a, that's about all that I have really, to be honest with you. Unless you have something else, we can close out this show. But you tell me, you're the boss. Well, the other one other thing I was going to talk about was you know you were talking about student loans yesterday. We were talking about yeah, student loans yeah. and what how many were taken out this past well, year? Well, yeah, basically there was I think it was USA Today front page talking about there was a billion dollars in in student loan debt. You know everybody's running to schools now, and and this is a common uh, thought that you know when the economy's bad, go to school. But now with the price of education and with where the ship is headed, you have to really sort of, before you dive into that uh, sheeple mentality and say, this is what I'm going to do. I'm not saying it's the wrong idea. I'm saying before, like everything, before you do something, do your homework um, and, you know, like I said, evaluate yourself, evaluate what your skills are, evaluate what your opportunities are. But people are rushing to schools online, offline, whatever, 
And in the process, because most schools aren't free, and in fact the cost of most education, last I checked anyway, was the costs are going up. And so to fund that because people don't have the money, those banks that got bailed out are more than happy to stick you with more debt mm -hmm. and basically make you an indentured servant for the rest of your life. So, you know, you come in and you want to go this and get your undergraduate degree. What do they want for an undergraduate degree these days? Twenty, thirty, forty thousand or more Something like some that, of the yeah. some of the quote unquote finer schools. Um, so they want big money. Um, you go and then once you finish that, you know, you talk to your professor and you say, well, what should I major in? They say, well, I, I don't know. Just get a just get a degree. You know, the degree degree is going to open doors for you. Well, a degree today uh, is almost like a high school degree was you know 20 years ago. Yeah, sure, everyone's got to have it, um, or you know, so the so the conventional wisdom goes. And then, you know, people go, well, you know, I need to go, I need to go get an MBA to really boost myself and, and, or a law degree or something to really boost my, myself. Okay, well, there goes another $75,000. Next thing you know, you're strapped in debt because you followed the conventional wisdom and they were talking about how there's over, you know, a trillion dollars in student loan debt. And last I checked, the entry-level jobs, what is out there, um, like I said, uh, we talked about it on a few shows ago. When I first started looking for work uh, with my college degree, uh, you know, we were, I was looking at jobs from twenty-four to thirty-five thousand uh, dollars, you know, maybe plus a little bonus or something. I don't think that figure has really changed. No. But the cost of education is going. If it has changed, somebody call in and tell me uh, what what uh, I'd love to hear this. Call in and tell me what uh, new uh, college graduates, what kind of jobs you're looking for. What kind of jobs are out there and what they're paying? I'd love for somebody to call in and let's have a conversation on this. But to me, it appears student loan debt is going up. It's on the rise. The banks love to have you in debt. We saw what they did with mortgages across America. Everybody was in debt. They profited on all, all this stuff, turning your, your promissory notes into securities. And now, you know, student loan, everybody's being told, well, you know, if the economy's down, you need to go beef up your education. So, okay, so everybody's beefing up their education, which means what? There's more competition for, you know, this. Like, again, I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying evaluate your options. Maybe you have a better option. Maybe you, could, maybe you truly are a gifted salesperson. And maybe you should be out there, you know, being the, the next national pitch person. They may not be teaching that in college, do they? they I don't think they are. I mean, it's just that they're, they're teaching the same things as, the, as they've always taught. It's you, just more you, expensive cause, now. Because you ended up getting into sales after after um, college, right? You got your college degree. My professor recommended I get into sales. Did, did, anybody, did anybody teach you anything about no, sales no, in college? No. Was there a class you could have taken sales? No. Isn't that surprising? I'm surprised. Well, um, yeah, I'm very surprised. Oh, so I don't know. It, you know, like I said, uh, it's so it's a topic. Again, it's it's do your research. Something to be aware of. Um, you know, once you saddle yourself in debt, um, the banks are going to be hounding you the rest of your life. Your the debt you take is going to earn interest. Trust me, I have a student loan myself. Don't get me wrong, but you know, it's all I'm saying is, and, and I'm glad I, I'm glad I went on and got my. My law degree, you know, you know, thank, you know, honestly, because for me that was the best option. Mm -hmm. um, but I weighed my options. I was out in the sales force. I was doing a lot of different jobs before I made the decision. I think you know, in my 30s, that okay, I'm ready. Um, I like to argue. 
Well, I, I don't want to say so much. I don't want to say so much of that, but I wanted. I wanted for me. It, my personal decision was I wanted a job where I could use my brain, um, deal with a lots of different types of uh, situations, uh, meet different types of people, solve problems. Um, you know, reading and writing. Uh, one thing I, I I do like writing. Um, so reading and writing were things that uh, that I enjoy. So you know, it was a good decision for me. I, I didn't have the science background. I wasn't going to get into health or science or math. Things that are, if you have that, if you have that skill set, I mean, those are really marketable skills. I mean, you you know, I would encourage anybody in this day and age. I know we we uh, we do a lot of outsourcing to other countries. Um, a lot of our tech stuff is outsourced because the brains. You know, a lot of people say, "Well, you know, it's the it's the uh, it's the low wages and stuff. That's why we outsource everything." But part of it is, we have, and there's truth in that. But part of it is, there's brain power, there's math and science people, and that's uh, what a lot of technology is. And we're in the information age now. So if you have those math and science skills, man, thank thank yourself, uh, hone your skills, find a way to market that. Um, so anyway, I'm rambling on here, but you get my point. Right. Well, and, and what's interesting is, is you know, they're talking about, you know, having the ability to get rid of, you know, student loans, which I don't understand why you can wipe out money that, you know, let's say I filed bankruptcy tomorrow and I owed, you know, I had I had personal loans with 10 different people, credit cards. Why can't I get rid of my student loan, but I can get rid of everything else? Um, you know, it's like it's a it's just a policy decision that you took out this money to better yourself and make yourself more marketable and to be able to earn more money. And in most cases, that should hopefully be true. But it's just a policy decision. Uh, you know, who writes the laws? Uh, you know who writes the laws? It's the big banks and the lobbies. Mm -hmm. There's a saying I saw out in Washington D.C. Uh, there was on a plaque in one of the in front of one of the federal buildings. I forget which one. I think it was maybe the Patent and Trademark Office that's out there. But it said, "As in law, as law, as in sausages, just don't ask how they're made." And it's true because you know a lot of laws are the product of special interest lobbyists, and this is one of those. You can't discharge in most cases unless you show some, you know, really crazy hardship. As to why you're not able to earn, ever going to be able to earn money for some reason. Uh, for the most part, student loans are not dischargeable in a bankruptcy, and you're you're saddled with them. So once you pull them out, and that's a great point that you brought up. Once you pull out those student loans, and you're living high on the hog, uh, drinking Starbucks every day, uh, doing all this uh, fun stuff on campus or whatever, realize that you will be paying that back. It's never going to go away. And who who sits in their high high towers and the biggest buildings in the world? enjoying every time uh, another student loans gets taken out your big banks yep. they love it mm -hmm. and so uh, and your and uh, the the government sponsored loans or whatnot so um anyway so but yeah student loans are on the rise and again that's why our show is kind of about rethinking maybe some of these traditional notions that you have to kind of go here and then get your degree here and then go do here and then go intern here and then spend your life here hoping they keep you and you know you know all I'm saying is examine some of these notions that we just have been taking for granted it's a new day it's a new age if you have some some opportunities and some skill sets to exploit now's the time to do it get out a pen and a pad of paper if you get some inspiration uh, make sure you don't overlook it. Go with it. Check it out. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, great, great, uh, great recommendation. So, well, I think I'm, uh, I'm done. All right. Well, let's do that. Thank you, everybody, for listening today. This has been the Steve and Lisa Show. Uh, I am an attorney licensed to practice law in California and Arizona. We do business, real estate, social media law. Uh, if you have need help in any of these areas, we're always here to help. And um, the opinions expressed on our shows are just opinions. We don't necessarily sponsor or endorse any guest that appears on our show or their products or services. You need to do your own independent research. And um, But with that being said, uh, this is an advertisement and communication. Thank you for listening today. Um, Neil Wooten, thank you for coming on. His book, Returnity, you can find it on Amazon.com. And um, SF Merlo, we're going to take you out with one more rendition of Play Me. Thank you. Stay up. And follow our next show. We're going to have more good guests. We're going to have more job opportunities. We're going to be talking about things you can do to you know, check yourself before you wreck yourself, so to speak. <laughs> and uh, we'll be back. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. Have a great Thursday, everybody. Find it on the radio. Find it on the radio.